Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. We have a Pooliana today. I am a little poorly. It's so funny as as Sarah just says that I'm trying to suppress a cough and she's sneezing. So how do we know we're in winter? Yeah, we're in winter already. Right. I think mine was just comedy timing for effect or I was coming out in sympathy with you one of the oh, two. Oh, that's so lovely. That's so lovely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, the colds. I must have caught something on the uh, plane from Athens as one does. <laughs> I, had a, um, I had a friend message me the other day to tell me that she just got a period and I said oh that's why I'm comfort eating then I'm comfort eating for you I'm coming out in sympathy oh my god that's awesome <laughs> it's so nice to I think mean, like I did oh. nothing but eat for like three days on the trot and um and so she messaged me the next day she was like this is what was wrong with me last night I was like oh that makes sense now I've just been comfort eating for you <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh that's awesome <laughs> There is literally no end of the opportunity to comfort eat because at any given time around the globe, there are many people having periods. So uh, endless material, basically. Mm -hmm. Very, very true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wonderful. So how are things going other than us just, well, not being sick, uh, other than your comfort sneezes for me, which thank you so much. I feel very loved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Tibbity top. Yes. We, um... We did some entertaining at the weekend. Oh, in your house. People in the house. In your house. People over for dinner. Oh. It's always a great opportunity to to get things tidied up, isn't it? Never (laughs) as clean as when you need company. Uh, Have company over, yeah. I was like, right, now's my chance to finally get out of the half to get some of these shit together, quite Mm -hmm. literally, and uh, ship it out the door. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, we kind of did like a really nice meal, just had good fun. Some singing and dancing in oh, the kitchen. Oh, oh kitchen um, party, yes. So yeah, it's yes. great fun. Oh. And it's funny, we both said exactly the same thing afterwards the next day. We said, isn't it really weird when you invite people over, how you see your house through a different set of eyes? Oh, what did you see of your house with your guests over? What? What? Well, I think you just see your house in, a, in your home in a new with a new kind of lens, a new kind of yeah, set yeah. of eyes. And I, kind of, I really liked it. I was like, this is good. Mm, mm, mm. That's beautiful. So yeah, just a newfound appreciation. And also reinforcing how right this home is for you and all the mm. blood, sweat and tears that went into making this your home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. So, so yeah. So that was my weekend. It was very nice. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's wonderful. How about you? Are you readjusting back to Canadian life? I am. And I had to over the weekend go to the, so there's a Middle Eastern supermarket out in Mississauga, which is this large sprawling um, metropolis outside of Toronto. Um, and and this Middle Eastern supermarket serves everybody, whether they're from the Middle East and Greece and mm. the Mediterranean. And I just got my Greek olives and the feta and some of the 
you know, and also because Greek food is also inspired by a lot of Turkish food. So I just felt like mm. so at home. I was like, I'm not yeah. ready to cut the umbilical cord of Greece just yet. Yeah. So I have been solidly eating um, food that reminds me of that beautiful five weeks. And it has been oh, lovely. Nice. Yeah. My my nice. uh, my body identifies with feta cheese is starting to grow into a block of feta cheese and olive <laughs> as we speak. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It makes everything taste amazing, though. And it's so filling, right? Because, um, you know, some years back, I, I, I was able to sort of reckon with my addiction to carbs and like empty mm. sugar and refined sugars and stuff. And so olive oil and feta and olives and healthy meats, like these are things mm. that, um, you know, you, you can feel genetically through the, uh, through the ages that you were sort of meant to eat this kind of food. And, and so it's helped me to cut any sort of addiction to carbs. And so I don't, I don't crave for like chips or candy mm. um, if I'm eating yeah. this delicious food. So it just feels so great. Good. Yeah. Good. It's good times. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Oh, bye. I say. feel good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my dear. So I, I am okay. excited to get to this relationship desk of love because there's always something juicy in there <laughs> that I can learn from. <laughs> well, I've got a new term for you this week. Oh, please go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's relationship love desk. This is all about the term gatekeeping in your relationship and how it's eating away at your partnership. Oh, so any ideas what the term gatekeeping might mean? Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my gosh. I see gatekeeping a lot, but I, I'm curious to see if I've got the right take on this. It is mm. um, that you are holding your partner back or certain communication back or... Uh, I, oh gosh, I'm bad at articulating. It's basically holding back truth and honesty and and real connection and communication by putting artificial gates up, no-go zones, tone sort of, I don't know. I'm all over the place, I'm, but I'm excited. I have no idea, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that explanation. I mean, it's not true, but I love it. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. And I love that you delivered it with such passion as well. <laughs> and it could absolutely be true. Mm -hmm. So it could be. I could see if you'd said that with some serious conviction, I would have believed you uh -huh. over the article that I've just read. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So gatekeeping, what it means is when you expect your partner to help with something around the house or in another area of your life, but then you micromanage the task so intensely that he or she couldn't possibly do it to your standards. Oh, yes. So it goes on to talk about some examples. So things like laundry, I mean, that always comes up, doesn't it? It's kind mm. of like a um, top example. So, you know, do the laundry, but don't necessarily fold things in the right way. Um, oh, God, I've just remembered something that I do do with this area. <laughs> <laughs> so the emptying of the dishwasher, there's definitely some gatekeeping that goes on about where things should be put because they've got a rightful place and yet my partner is still to identify what that rightful place is <laughs> but anyway I'm very grateful that he empties the dishwasher <laughs> and fills it up nonetheless <laughs> so yeah so it goes on to talk about kind of how you know different examples so maybe kind of like cooking with your partner or um any sort of cleaning when it comes to doing things like the um christmas cards if anybody actually still sends Christmas cards, I don't know. <laughs> some do, um, some do, yeah. But all of those kind of like, you know, family activities that you might do, but this mm. kind of micromanaging and being there and hovering and giving instructions from the sidelines. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I guess driving, it comes up in driving, doesn't it? You get that a lot. Oh, geez, yes. So it says that it is bad for your relationship. So when your spouse tries to step in and takes on a greater share of the domestic duties, but only to get reprimanded and corrected, it's demoralizing for you both. Mm -hmm, And they mm -hmm. feel like they have been tried in some way and they're then wary to help in the future. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask yourself, how can I let go and how can I let my other half do things in their own way? And accept that they're helping and that this is the right thing to do. Mm, mm. Um, I see this all I see this all the time. And I'm also <laughs> yeah. inclined to do it. And this is actually why a lot of women in relationship get caught in this default parenting trap because mm. they're like, you know, I want help doing this thing. And then their partner and, but there's also this feigned ignorance thing that happens on the other side where the partner's like, Oh, I just simply do not know how to empty a dishwasher in the right way. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Even if they're like C-suite in a huge company, they're like, oh, I just do not know. But <laughs> the default parenting, there's two people to tango on this. And, and the part of, you know, setting an expectation, setting the what and the how at the same time. And that's why I coach yeah. a lot of my folks is like, you can determine the what, but not the how. You can determine the how, mm. but not the what. Um, if you delegate a task, you kind of got to let this person go out and do it. And they may not stylistically do it in the same way as you. And you have to be able to accept that. Otherwise, actually, just like a manager, you're going to end up taking that task back on yourself, being overworked, resentful. And then your either direct reports at work or your partner ends up feeling demoralized, useless, Mm. um, et cetera, and and not empowered, not in their... uh, yeah agency I think you know there's a key thing isn't there like I remember years ago somebody gave me some advice at work and they said if something's done 80% of the way that you would expect it to be done just accept that and let it go and move on Uh uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh and it was great advice when I was kind of managing a team to be able to kind of use that but the same applies at home right so if if your partner does something and it's kind of you know 70% right if it's almost there just let it go like life is too short for some of the stuff that we hold on to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to be Miss Clipboard. I was there. Mm. Have Everything had a standard. It had a perfection level to it. And it's just, there's no point. <laughs> it's not necessary. Let it go. Just breathe. Enjoy life. Well, that's, uh, and rethink the rules, right? Because like one of the things yeah. is if I have set up, I tend to, like if we've moved into a new place together, I'll be the person who just arranges the cupboards. This goes here, that goes there. Um, and then it becomes truth. Like this is the right way to do it. And anything else is the wrong way to do that. But if my partner's like, if, if I left them to their own devices, they may actually come up with a more sensible organizational strategy, right? So if I'm like, oh, it doesn't go there. Well, why can't it go there? You know, why can't you get, we change You're getting carried systems? away now though, Anna. Oh, what? no, you wouldn't be. <laughs> There's obviously a place for everything in the kitchen. <laughs> I know, but you can actually change where the cups and the plates go. Like what if your partner was like, not now, we've been here for six months. <laughs> but I think we can rethink it. Oh, it's a death match, Sarah. It's a death oh, match. it is, it is. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if your partner actually knew where to put stuff outside of the dishwasher, right? And he came up with his own strategy. And you're like, all right, whatever. Whatever it takes to make you be able to put the dishes away. If it means we have to rearrange things. Oh my gosh, I, th- I think you're boiling up. I, I, think, I think there's an aneurysm about to burst in uh, Sarah's brain right now. So uh, 
Yeah, that's a no. Okay. All right. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> but what I would say is 70% of the time he gets it right. So it's fine. Mm. We're, we're happy. We're content with that. Mm-hmm. We only have to move 30% of the dishes to the right place. It's all good. Okay. I'm comfortable. I'm happy with it. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. <laughs> the difference is I'm not micromanaging the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Food for thought. But this is really interesting. The gatekeeping thing, you're absolutely true. You can you can just dictate the what, but not the how. Mm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try to work. I'm 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 gathering all these pearls. I feel like Sarah's like um leaving gingerbread crumbs for me from an ex relationship. Like uh here's here's how to not fuck it up the next time, Anna. <laughs> Tip <laughs> number three hundred and seventy two. <laughs> you just need to go back and and listen to the back catalogue of the podcast. I know, right? Absolutely. Before we start any new relationship. Oh my gosh, totally. Don't leave home without it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. There's hours of support right there for yeah. you whenever you need it. And for any of our listeners, we've got a whole treasure trove. We've been recording this podcast for almost three years every single week. Can you imagine? Yeah. There's just shitloads yeah. of, what are we up to? Like an episode 139? Uh, is that? No? Yeah? Yeah, something like mm. that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a lot. Hundred Yeah, mid 130s. Mid, yeah. mid 130s, guys. Go back and yeah. look at our treasure trove. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of treasure trove, shall we um, bring out a hot topic? Oh, to yes, let's go. Oh, yes, let's go. to show vulnerability in your relationship oh my god terrifying oh (laughs) Oh, terrifying oh my gosh yeah Uh, yeah yeah it's tricky isn't it I think you can often get kind of the I think fear can kind of step in the way can't it of Mm. being able to show vulnerability so we are absolutely terrified of not being accepted by our partner we're absolutely terrified of saying the wrong thing of um sharing who we are deep down in case actually that person isn't the person you liked and you prefer the other version that mm. I've been presenting myself with mm-hmm. um for all these years so or weeks months however long it mm. is that you've been in your relationship so to actually get real and share some of your innermost thoughts mm. without you know having any sort of fear of recrimination or being made to feel um silly or not accepted or not loved or rejected mm. it's really really hard to be able to do that mm. and especially in a new relationship or when you've had a relationship change of some description mm. mm-hmm. so it can be really hard I think or if you've been in a relationship for a long time and you've never ever shared some of these things and kind of go well I can't now 16 years on go Right now I'm going to dig out all of these mm-hmm. vulnerabilities and share things. So mm-hmm. it, it can feel kind of like almost you're confined and trapped by the story and the image that you've created yourself. Oh my gosh, that is, what a wonderful way, like you're standing in your own way and you're being mm. bound by the straitjacket of your own making and sitting there yeah. in this, you've got it. And and I don't know about you, but like in early relationships, I see it. I can see myself doing things that are unsustainable and not in a way to show my my affection for somebody. It's actually to try to prove something of myself or to kind of mm. to feed my own ego. But, you know, let's say I do something that's really, um, I mean, it's the same as like putting your filters on your selfies on Instagram. Like they're the, the mirage will fall. Um, 
Yeah. We're not, a f- we are not the filtered version of ourselves. Yeah. We are much more well, flawed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can't have our peacock feathers out day in, day out. Yeah. And we're only supposed to be there for a short period of time. <laughs> and hopefully they always come, you know, I'm I'm a real believer of whatever we show each other in our first part of a relationship is actually the true us. Some of it is peacocking, but, uh, you know, it's the us that exists without that dust and debris of, of, of complacency. And so I, I really want to endeavor to continue to cultivate that beautiful initial thing that I exist in mm. when I'm in a, in a relationship. I'd like to continue to cultivate that in, in my partner. Uh, but at the same time is, is not whitewashing the imperfections or the vulnerabilities or the feelings coming up. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm having a tremendous exploration and vulnerability like now like I'm Mm. of if I feel something say something yeah and it's incredibly terrifying yeah because I'm a whole bunch more of a pain in the ass than I let on if I'm really getting vulnerable (laughs) I'm a I'm a diva I have uh petty concerns I have silly feelings you're not though this is the whole thing right you are who you are and that's it so I had a text message conversation with my daughter about food and what food she liked and how she was different to other people and I was just like it doesn't matter honestly none of it matters Mm. you are who you are you like what you like and that's all that that's Mm. all that matters and it's the same in your personality and who you are your values and the things that you love the things that you don't love we're just being trained all the time to compare ourselves to everything else that's out there Mm. And because we want to somehow feel like we're better than than whatever else is available. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just kind of not the way that it should be. We need to appreciate who we are mm. individually and have that self-acceptance to be able to then share some vulnerability and say, actually, this is who I am. We're all flawed in some way. Mm-hmm. None of us get it right all the time. That's just not humanly possible. But when we can accept who we are as individuals and we accept our partnership, and each other and there's there's care and compassion and kindness towards each other then you're in much more of a space where you're able to share some of the those kind of you know innermost scariest of thoughts oh gosh beautifully said and and strive onward you know um there is a saying that i have heard recently which i believe is so beautiful which is rather than thinking about settling down in a relationship is striving up, which I think Mm -hmm. is fantastic. And Mm -hmm. some feel that trying to be bigger, better every day is the antithesis to just accepting us as our, as we are, but there is a gentle balance between accepting us for who we are, but also gently nudging ourselves and each other to be better every day. That's, that's part of my excitement in, in my journey moving forward. But but totally, we cannot move forward and be better every day without first shedding the shame and guilt of who we actually are. And and that's what yeah. vulnerability does. Yeah. And I think there is a balance to be had. You know, there's at what point do you are you kind of enough and you don't need to, you know, have that striving for something all of the time? If we're always looking, there's a danger with, you know, with some of that, that actually we're saying, well, what we've got is never enough whenever mm acceptable to each other I think there's a there's a you want to have an opportunity to grow together and to at least be able to support each other mm-hmm. in your relationship and still feel like you've got that connection there and if you there will be times when that's weighing in and you don't really feel that connection and they're the times to kind of really dig a bit deeper and say 
how do I want this to turn out? Do I want to, do I need to, to put a bit more effort in to get more out of this relationship? So there will be times naturally where you're going to kind of ebb and flow with each other and you'll, you know, you'll need to, one of you will have to kind of be putting an extra kind of few percent in the, in the pot to be able to benefit the relationship. I think there is a balance to be had though, because sometimes we need to just be happy with who we are and where we are in mm. and, you know, like, appreciate just some of those smaller um those small smaller moments of joy mm. yeah my gosh yes it's really hard isn't it I mean we live in this we live in this world of, of development and understanding and we you know we always say as coaches that we're both the student and the teacher so we learn things from our clients all the time that shows a different perspective a different way of looking at something that we we maybe wouldn't have done and you, you naturally take that to your you know, into your own personal life and think, well, what does this mean for me? And it can sometimes mean that you're living in this heightened state of awareness that, you know, can sometimes, I think, have a detrimental effect. Mm. Mm. Sometimes you just need some peace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me some peace, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just halt the hamster wheel for just a second. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so true. So I think that, a lot of people have heard about vulnerability because of the the Dare Greatly, the work by Brene Brown, and it's some great work. Um, I'm actually interested to look at the flip side of the vulnerability cult craze, which is sometimes there's toxic vulnerability where people are just kind of like TMIing all over the place um, and yeah. not sharing information with the intention of uh, graciousness. Mm. Uh, um, it's more sort of throwing stuff onto other people where you're sort of throwing the responsibility of dealing with some mm. heavy emotional shit onto s another audience. And, and so I'm a real fan of, of being very mindful of vulnerability. Uh, mm. And the other thing that I noticed too, is that I have always thought that I was vulnerable because I'm an open book. I'm, I, I talk about any detail of my life with great candor. And I thought, Oh, I'm totally vulnerable. That's not vulnerability. That's the no. vulnerability that I've put in the front room of my existence mm where it's accessible to anybody. Like if you come into the living room, anybody can traipse on in, sit on my couch, have some tea, right? I'll give it to anybody. But the real vulnerability is like the stuff that I hide in the back of the house, the stuff that yeah. the people think I'm vulnerable because I'm sharing a lot, but that's the stuff mm -hmm. that I choose to sort mm -hmm. of, and, and I, it's only been recently when I realized that like mm -hmm. the fact that I have so much on offer in the front room means that even I am not aware that I'm actually terrified of vulnerability yeah. yeah yeah and that's the thing isn't it it's about authenticity and mm. it is about kind of what you share and why you're sharing it and I think that's really important and if we know that there are that there's stuff that's just buried deep that ain't ever coming out no matter what then we're not being vulnerable oh you're you're so right like if you or anybody else you know tends to like just shock and awe with it, with like mm. scandalous information, that's probably somebody who has deep fears about being vulnerable and they're not mm. sharing the real stuff that actually terrifies them. It's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. So, mm. so what's a step? Like what's one step, let's say in an intimate partnership where you want to show up a bit differently and hell, maybe it's 25 years into marriage and you're like, Hmm, I think I want to learn to get vulnerable. What do you do? I genuinely think the first step is about self-acceptance because until you can really kind of work on some of that and it, you know, maybe goes hand in hand with some sharing at the same time, mm. we have to really then examine what is it that I'm afraid of by sharing this that I think is going to happen. Mm. 
and then you know call that out a bit well how true was it do I really you know is this really going to happen are they and I think the other challenge that I often think about is if your partner doesn't react in the way that you want them to react and that kind of stays the same over time is that really the right person for you because Mm. if if being able to share openly and honestly and have some support and the right levels of connection with your partner or something that's key for you and in a you know of great value and importance for you then are you with the right person if you can't share openly yeah. and for them to give you the time and um and listen to what you've got to say mm. mm-hmm. and I think on the flip side as well what I'd say is it's often not about the person that's listening who's hearing this can, that can be really really tough for them mm. especially if you've been you know married or in a relationship for, for some time and then suddenly you find out about something that you about your partner which is quite deep and emotional and um you know is it, tough then you can often kind of the, the flip side of that as the partner is you feel like inadequate you feel like actually why didn't I know this why haven't you shared this before and what does that say about me so we instantly turn on to kind of you know then my feelings as opposed to just allowing the space to sit and listen and allow your partner to feel heard because we're instantly going to kind of um kind of blame well why haven't you told me that what's wrong with me that you didn't kind of so we'll get kind of that retaliation coming up and the other thing that we get is, is fixing so now that you've told me this mm-hmm. I need to do something about it that's not actually the case a lot of the time it's just I wanted to lighten my load and mm. share this with you but also to give you some appreciation about what's been going on for me and why I'm maybe mm. kind of feeling or behaving in a in a certain way because I've had these thoughts or feelings that have been coming up for me Hmm. and I've been trying to make sense of that. Mm, Totally. I think it's really natural for the the partner who is hearing this vulnerability for the first time to get super defensive, go into fix mode, go into like interrogation mode, et cetera. I don't fault that partner because actually usually I'm working with the partner who is on that vulnerability journey. So I can't control Mm. how their partner reacts. But what I can do is arm my client with a with something that helps respond to their partner's misgivings something like Mm. I'm sorry I never shared this with you I didn't even know it myself yeah but I'm sharing it with you now and hopefully we can sort of moving forward take this into sort of you know grow our relationship get a lot closer uh you know gain an understanding of each other Uh, it's this forward focus because again I I usually talk about like the statute of limitations when we're doing this work Anything that happened more than a few months ago is off the table. Not to be, you know, we can't we can't sift through the mountain of the past. We have to work in the present. So I'm sorry I never told you about that before. I get that you're upset about that. I'd love to work with you moving forward now that I'm able yeah. to be able to honest with with myself and and now with you. Yeah. The way that we communicate with each other is, you know, I, when I hear you saying that, it's almost you giving your partner some cue cards about how I want you to respond back to me. Mm. So the way that we communicate will help us to help our partners to respond in the right way. Mm. So if we kind of say things in a gentle manner, if we open up the conversation in the right way, we're inviting our partner to respond back in a gentle manner. Mm. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So 2023, is it the year for vulnerability or not for vulnerability, for having this messy sort of, uh, not messy dive into, but like, I'm thinking about like diving around in the muck um, of getting dirty, of getting, (laughs) 
Are you mud wrestling? Mud wrestling <laughs> in the pit of vulnerability. Is 2023 the year? Exactly. <laughs> mud wrestling. Uh, and not like the sexy kind with like the hot chicks and bikinis. I'm talking about like really dirty mud. <laughs> ugly mud, mud uh, wrestling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now you put that thought in my head, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can't unsee that, basically. <laughs> oh, I think the key thing as well is, you know, there's so much talk about um, kind of how we need to all be more open and talk about our feelings and, um, you know, be vulnerable and um, really kind of share more of who we are. Do things when you're ready. Do them in your time. Do them at your pace. Don't be dictated by kind of everyone else in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was, <laughs> it's interesting, I was on a call the other day with a client and her partner is being coached by somebody else. And at the end, she kind of said, well, she said, yeah, well, you know, I, I know that this might come up in his session. And so I guess we'll have to see what his coach says. And mm. and I said, you do realize the coaches aren't in charge. Oh, <laughs> this is your life. You're in charge. We're just here to try and help you make sense of some of the things that you're, you don't feel clear about. But you guys are in charge. This is your relationship. So oh. um, same thing goes for, you know, opening up, sharing vulnerabilities be be who you want to be oh yes oh gosh yes that's a that's a wonderful way to gently gently shed uh, you know shine the mirror back at your client what a what a line good for you yeah uh, all, right. all right shall we um shall we do a question yes let's do it okay, okay so today's question it's slightly lengthy one today my love so oh, listening okay. ears at the ready listening ears at the ready okay <laughs> help me out i've started seeing somebody but my guard is still up i've been hurt too many times in the past he's been in the army and has ptsd and adhd he's a lovely guy so far and seems really genuine he's kind and loving but i'm scared should i give him a chance i feel like i'm being very judgmental and i don't mean to be but can I be happy with him? Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. What's interesting is this question is actually purposefully diverting around the actual question, which is curious because I, you know, what, what I find vague is, are they just assuming that somebody who has had served military service, maybe had some traumatic experiences, has diagnoses of ADHD and PTSD? Um, is this just somebody she's not really explored yet, but is is curious, like, will those diagnoses and that life experience be safe for me in a relationship? Or has she already explored and experienced some of the untoward consequences, which, and a lot of them are anger. Mm -hmm. I, if So what I'm hearing, she's talking about anger. She's talking about anger outbursts and potentially violence is what I'm hearing in this. But I don't, I can't get the sense, has he demonstrated anger yet? Or is she just, has she even dipped a toe into this relationship? That's my curiosity. Mm -hmm. What, what's coming so, up for you? Well, I didn't pick up the, what you've picked up. So um, what I hear is very much about, the, I think the PTSD and the ADHD and the army, that's kind of, that is part of the equation. But it keeps skirting around and coming back to the same thing about um, this person's been hurt in the past. Oh. And therefore is very guarded. Should oh, I do it? Okay, okay. So for yeah. me, this person is really, really doubtful. But I think this person would be doubtful regardless. Mm. So if the if the you know potential future 
boyfriend didn't have any of those things but then would there be another kind of Mm. two or three you know examples of why maybe this relationship isn't right would anybody be right okay or would this still be that same position you know they mentioned that they've been hurt they've got their guard up would they still feel exactly the same way regardless of you know whether it was prince charming knocking on the door Right. Or maybe somebody who works in finance, they're like, oh, finance bros are real dicks or somebody who has a, who has children. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, it's going to be a certain way. I'm terrified to. OK. Yeah. All right. OK. So I think there's fear no matter what the situation. And that's where I would start. Ah, OK. So but to be fair, mm-hmm. realistically speaking, when folks have gone through trauma and unless they are doing some very, very hard work on themselves, it has all the recipe ingredients to bring things into relationship like anger outbursts, flashbacks, etc. So to be honest, like, it's not far off to say, like, do I need to be worried here? But mm-hmm. what becomes a red flag versus like, what? this is like green, yellow, red flags, like what's a red flag versus what's a yellow flag that if we were to create boundaries and work on our communication, mm-hmm. that we can actually overcome this. So yeah. how would you help this person to be able to under, not be led by fear, but use her fear in a more constructive way to help her mm. discern relationships at the beginning and moving through. I think it's really about understanding, isn't it? So it's trying to understand what's behind that fear. And I think the other reality that happens in all relationships, doesn't matter kind of how secure you feel or not or insecure you feel, we have no guarantees, right? We've got nothing. So, you know, anything could happen tomorrow. None of us know what's around the corner. Our partners could change their mind tomorrow and just wake up and think, actually, this isn't for me. You know, you hear of various different stories of people who are just like, I'm done. Mm. So, and then also you've got the uncertainty of illness, of um, changes in life circumstances, all kinds of things. So we don't know what is in the future. So there is a certain degree of if you, you know, if you could guarantee that this relationship was going to work out, how would you feel about this person then? Interesting. Okay. Okay. How does that change your perception about the relationship? I think there's also the angle which I think you were kind of touching on there is what do I learn about this fear and the things that I'm terrified of and how do I put things in place to try and guard against that? to try and guard against them happening so whether it's um I don't know fear of certain behavior or certain things happening then okay how do we be quite honest and upfront from the start and say these are some of my non-negotiables these are the things that I absolutely won't Mm. um tolerate and you know won't be happy with and then be able to have those firm boundaries in place Mm -hmm. and boundaries yeah you know what I see is that people have fear, and I know this too. I have fear about whether to completely hold myself back from even s- stepping a foot into the relationship or whether I lose myself entirely. And those two mm. options, the third option is I step into the relationship, but I'm maintaining and creating boundaries, healthy boundaries, each and every step along the way. Just because I decide to try a relationship out does mm. not mean that I then become at the mercy of of the whims of whatever that relationship is, is that I'm an active yeah. participant in creating the boundaries. Mm. And for somebody like myself who didn't have boundaries, and you have said that y- boundaries are 
a later in life discovery for you as well is like yeah absolutely right? yeah yeah for sure that is your safety yeah. net that's your safety yeah. net walking through anything in life is ongoing dynamic assessment and you know adjustment of your boundaries yeah so it's a path to create the life that you want totally totally uh versus mm. living at the mercy of what other people would have for you and your life yeah. based on their opinions and yeah yeah so this person is really wanting a sense of control then a power not not power in a bad way i'm i'm talking about agency actually agency is a better term mm. for her to be able to decide on relationships and maybe to follow her heart like yeah you can tell her heart's she she wants to explore something mm. yeah and it's then looking at what is it that's holding me back yeah no it's definitely and if that wasn't a thing would i jump in with both feet that is a fantastic way to start yeah mm. yeah it's a fantastic way it's so hard. This paralyzes so many people because, you know, there's people who are holding themselves back from these beautiful experiences, not even allowing themselves to explore. And then the other flip side are people who are just knee deep, neck deep and just total dysfunction because there's no boundaries. And mm. maybe some of those risks are coming into play. Right. Um, but they yeah. they have no way to be able to, you know, check those and, and create safety mm. for themselves in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. I think going back to what you said at the start as well, exploring, you know, where is she in the, in the case of exploration? Where are they in terms of, you know, working together? I think you have to give people a bit of a fair shot to be able to tackle some of these things because mm. when we work on those challenges in a relationship, they're the things that bring us closer together. And there's no saying that you're not going to hit a challenge, you know, in in your life and then want the support back in return. And you've kind of been able to show each other the way there and to lay a path which is one of support and consideration and yeah. being there for each other no matter what oh okay okay good point I like that yes 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 uh-huh as somebody who's fearful avoidant myself this really speaks to me <laughs> this really speaks to me well it's terrifying right because mm -hmm. we're all just we all want a sure thing we want a safe bet we want a crystal ball that says um tell me everything's going to be all right mm. and why wouldn't you you know yeah if someone if somebody was offering that why wouldn't you take it yeah that's true but that's not how life works ah. <laughs> but that's a beautiful thing the thing is is that the outcome is neither right nor wrong because yeah. all of this all we're doing in life is just walking through lessons that's that's all mm. So the, from the beginning to the very end, we're just learning mm. more and we don't know when the end is. So, yeah. um, so why not dive in with yeah. your safety nets, creating safety for yourself, learning about yourself, learning mm. about how you interact in the world and with other people and, and learning more about love and mm. relationship and communication. Why not dive in? Uh, don't stay on the sidelines just because of yeah. fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like me with, um, you know, and I haven't paddled in the winter here in Toronto because I've been in Athens and then now I'm like, I might go out next week. So like the water's pretty frigid. There's ice on mm. the shores, right? And if I'm paddling and I could certainly fall in, so I could be scared about falling in, but I am suited up in my dry suit and my, and my life jacket and all my things, right? And I'm not mm. very far from shore and I have my contingency if I do fall in. So I'm kind of doing something risky. Some would say that's insane, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely saying insane. Yep. You're not alone. 
Um, but I'm doing something that I love and I'm doing something that I would be missing out on if I weren't doing it. If just fear mm. held me literally on the shoreline, I would have a less rich life. So I put on all my safety equipment. Uh, there's always going to be a little bit of risk. And uh, I go in and I have a beautiful day and I feel better about my life. So mm. everything relates back to lessons learned on my paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you do stay safe because uh it's a boring conversation without you, my love. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sarah. Oh, the love. Oh, thank you for your appreciation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think I'm going to have to keep coughing. I'm, I've been suppressing. I've been wanting to cough up a lung. Oh. Um, and I'm, but our podcast is so important that it has kept my bronchitis at bay. So I am appreciative. Well, lots of nice honey and hot lemon water, things like that. Yes. Oh, actually, I'm going to make some tea right now. That's a great thought. Yeah. And it's dinner time for you. Oh, it is dinner time for me. Any leftovers from the weekend? Um, I'm going to do a nice pasta dish with some leftover green vegetables. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yum, yum, yum. Your house smells terrific in my mind. There's some sort of national food shortage going on right now because we did go to the supermarket very late yesterday to try and um, get some food and they Mm. had nothing on the shelves. Mm. And um, it was then I was super grateful that I am such a creative cook and could manage to rustle up some food for us all. Mm. So we didn't starve. You'd be pleased to hear. Mm. I'm very glad. I'm very glad. Yeah. You're nothing if not resourceful. (laughs) This is very true. All right. <coughs> All right. Oh, I feel like you definitely need to go and rest up, my love. I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. All TLC right. and, and snuggle with my cat. Yes. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.